0: Howdy folks and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojak here with the record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. We've got uh, another week of football to recap. Week three, we are already one third of the way through the regular season, which always seems crazy to me, um, you know, how quickly it really does move. But um, we got week one action to re- or week three uh, action to recap in the first quarter. Um, in the second quarter, we're going to be joined by Loyola Academy girls volleyball head coach Mallory Philander. In the third quarter, we play way or no way our weekly guessing game, and then in the fourth quarter, we are going to uh, preview week four of the football um, schedule. We got some. Good matchups here. We'll look forward to that as well. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Um, Apple, Android, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Let us know if we're not there. And then we can always uh, add it up and uh, make sure that uh, we're reaching as many people as we can. And a quick reminder that you can always listen to older episodes of the Varsity Podcast as well. Good interviews and insight from other weeks as well maybe some stuff that we don't want you guys to hear and bring back up. So, cause we were wrong, but you know, that's the fun of the game and we're just going to uh, go with it. But um, let's jump in now to the first quarter where we've got um, one. We pretty much, pretty much week three kind of went the way we expected Joe. We had uh, one big lopsided win, two lopsided losses for um, our area teams. And um, why don't we start things off with Loyola heading down to uh, the south side and winning 34-14 to against St. Rita. St. Rita's three-week opener against the CCL Blue is finally over, and they will probably happy to uh, – not that the schedule gets that much easier, but not having to play a CCL Blue team will probably be a nice thing for the Mustangs um, as they move forward here a little bit. But um, one of the bigger things we kind of talked about, Joe, heading into the season as well, not just into this matchup, was – What is Jake Sterney going to do? And um, last year we talked a lot about him running the ball a lot, using his legs to gain plays, which is good. But like we know, like that only gets you so far, Um, especially, um, you know, if you are going to be running a lot, you're going to get hurt a lot as well, um, most times. And then uh, I feel like Jake has really showed us in the first three games of the season um, that he's really taken his game to the next level and showed that against uh, again on Friday, tossing five touchdowns in um, Loyola's 34-14 to 14 win over Santa Rita, where um, it seemed like Sturney in three quarters of work was really just really able to uh, take advantage of what the Rita secondary was giving him and um, didn't really struggle at all with moving the ball down the field.
1: No, and, and just his command of the offense is impressive. Like you said, we've seen him run like he did last week, but in week one, he, his his throwing really was – was the um, was the key to victory against uh, St. X out of Cincinnati, um, and uh, he was the player of the game for for his arm. And again, uh, this weekend we saw that um, when they went to St. Rita on the road. So really, their first big local challenge. They were on the road. Um, what were they going to do? Uh, uh, you know, on a Friday night, and they took care of business. Um, you know, pretty cleanly. Um, and uh, the defense got them turnovers, and you put the ball in Jake Sterney's hand. I think they you know they trust him a lot, and he just uh, he, he's got a lot of skill position players, but he puts the ball and helps him make plays. Um, and you could see that from a lot of the, um, the replays. Um, he just puts the ball in a great position, you know, whether it's Nimeshine running out of the backfield for like a, a slant. Um, he's very dynamic in, in both aspects of the game. Um, and, uh, or Spencer Ledbetter can do a lot of things um, with his height, his size, as well as his um, just overall um, ball catching abilities. So, um, he's got a lot of weapons. He knows how to use them. He's, he's just in really good command of this offense right now.
0: Yeah. Sterling finished with 14 completions and 20 attempts with 107 passing yards. Um, will Nima carried the ball 13 times for 63 yards and drew McPherson rushed eight times for 52 yards. Um, Quinn Foley had six catches for 82 yards. And like you mentioned by better for receptions for 49 yards. Um, it really seemed like, uh, um, it really seemed like, you know, Loyola was really able to, you know, the offensive line pushed off against the St. Rita defensive line, what they're able to do there really poke against the secondary. And, um, it really feels like this offense is, I mean, we talked again, we talked about this at the beginning of the season, but it really seemed like this offense was just really able to, um, you know, really just do whatever it really wants, whether it's run the ball or passed around, this is really complete offense at this point.
1: Yeah, it's, it's complete. It's balanced. Uh, I think it's just roaring with confidence. I think you mentioned it last week when we were prepping for this game that, um, you know, can the St. Rita defensive line specifically front seven disrupt that offense that has been so good and credit to the Loyola Academy offensive line again, which has been dynamic. Now they did take a bit of an injury. We'll see how that holds up, but they still got a lot of experience. Um, and they're, you know, um, able to just create space and uh, a nice pocket for Sterny and nice lanes. And I mean, it's just really firing at all cylinders. So uh, the answer to that question was, was pretty quickly that um, the neutral or I'm sorry, the loyal offense uh, is able to handle the St. Rita defense, whether it was with quick, um, quick action or, or just the balanced attack, it was just too much for him.
0: Yeah. I, and I'm really encouraged to see what the defense was able to do. You know, we, Saw that great performance in week one last week. They really weren't tested. And then um, just giving up uh, 14 points to uh, um, a quarterback that has kind of started things off here early on for the Mustangs um, and Jed Hilding. Um, another strong performance from the Ramblers' uh, defense. Yeah, it's really good. And
1: I actually don't know. Um, it wasn't completely um, described in our, in our story from Neil Milbert, but uh, if, if those scores came against the second stringers or first stringers, because I know their first score was in the third quarter, I believe, and their second in the fourth quarter for St. Rita. Um, so who knows if it was against against all starters. We've got some reserves in there too, but that that starting defense is so good. And it, I think we created turnovers early, and uh, the offense capitalized off those. Um, and if, if Loyal going to do that, we can work out, especially with turnovers. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who's going to stop them um, before week – week nine which would that'll be um we'll talk about that later but um you know at every level they've got playmakers and just that front seven um seven eight led led by Brooks Barr and, and their linebackers have been have been uh nails as well I mean I don't know this it's it's a special
0: defense once again before moving on to the other teams I, I had an interesting thought um the other day and kind of wanted to see your uh thought about oh, it. yeah um Obviously, you've you've been around. I've been around, and we've seen a lot of different Loyola quarterbacks throughout the years. Where does Jake Sterny kind of rank, among the top quarterbacks? Where you have, I feel like Loyola's had the really good quarterbacks, but it's always been like the defense leads the way. Quarterback can make throws when he needs to, but pretty much a running. Quarterback seems to be what Loyola really wanted to do. I think of Malcolm Weaver and that kind of aspect. I know Peter Pujols was able to throw the ball a little bit more Um, last couple of years. Loyola obviously had some good quarterbacks as well, but it feels like Jake is really like their first in a long time complete quarterback, especially with what he's been able to do in the first three weeks, where he can throw the ball really well. Obviously, he can run the ball, but it's really what he's able to do in the passing game um, that is really impressive and kind of you know what is kind of leading this offense at this point. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I guess I've been around watching Loyola uh, um, since 2010 and that was Malcolm Weaver's junior senior year. You were there. So which
0: one? He graduated in 12. So uh, junior year, probably.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was his junior year. So I got to see those two. And that was, you know, he could run a little bit, but really he had huge receivers um, that he threw to all the time. Um and so he could really wing it. And then Peter Puljols comes to mind. He got, you know, he played at Holy Cross, I believe, and even, you know, got to some training camps in the NFL. People forget that Pujols, as, Pujols uh, as a junior, was their leading tailback, then came around as a senior and was an All-State quarterback, could do it both with his legs and his arms. He threw a good ball. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy that came either a year or two after him, Quinn. Oh, I'm sorry? Boyle? Yeah, was that it? Quinn Boyle. Uh, Damn, he was yeah. really good. He did it both ways. He could really run the football. Um, I want to say he ran for 600 plus yards um, on top of a bunch. That was a really good Loyola team. From a throwing standpoint, I think Sterney's starting to set himself in a different category. Um, maybe right there with Weaver and Pool Joes. I know Quinn threw a good ball, but I can't, you know, I know he did a lot of damage with his legs, a lot. Um, so, um, he's a special guy. I want to see how he, you know, faces, uh, when we get down the stretch here, um, against some of the biggest competition, um, last year, I think with Maldonado in those first four games, four games, he had, you know, whatever, 13 touchdowns in four games. Um, obviously we relied a lot on him, but he, you know, Stern, he put up good numbers after he was all state, he was player of the year in the conference. So can we do that back to back years? Maybe, and if so, is he the best I've seen? I think he's starting to make that case.
0: Yeah, really interesting debate just to see what he's able to do. I'm really excited to see what he's able to do moving forward um, as the season progresses, but um, obviously off to a really good start um, here in the three and for the Ramblers. All right, let's move on over now to uh, Highland Park, where they uh, took on Buffalo Grove in uh, week three. Um, Really interesting matchup matchup. we talked about last week with uh, um, Buffalo Grove entering the game 0-2 and kind of having a, um, maybe not a must-win game, but a really desperate game of that. Um, And uh, Buffalo Grove came out, won 45-14, and kind of controlled the game um, against Highland Park. And it just seemed like you kind of saw the difference in classes and, uh, um, you know, just what they're able to do um, as opposed to what Highland Park's able to do with what they have right now.
1: Yeah, you really did. You were able to see it just from, you know, if you were in the stands and you looked at the sidelines. I mean, we're talking about a varsity program that dressed 26 for Highland Park. Uh, maybe it was 27 or 28. Uh, if you count everybody, you know, some injuries, of course, but I think they dressed 26 on Monday, on uh, um, Friday night. And then Buffalo Grove, uh, I think, was probably in the 60s, um, if not higher. So you could certainly see um, the difference there. Um, and, uh, it it was evident on the field as well. Um, just, but Highland park really fought, fought through it. And we talked about, could it happen? Maybe, but they got to get these turnovers and they got to get them in the right spots. They did force three turnovers. One came at the end of the half. So it doesn't really count. They didn't like get the ball back. Um, uh, one was a fumble really late. The pick six was the huge one to start the third quarter. Um, But I think they needed more in in early in the game when Buffalo Grove just kind of went boom, 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 score, score, score um, to start the game. And that was really tough um, for Highland Park to answer when they're doing things like that. And um, they answered the first score. They had it tied at seven. Really a great drive. I think it was a 12 play drive tied it at seven. And then they really just couldn't stop Buffalo Grove and Buffalo Grove was eating the clock as well. And it was it was tough for them. It's a a big program. Buffalo Grove has. And and they kind of they kind of wore them down, especially, but um, some good things for Highland Park, I think they can take down the road with them.
0: Yeah. What, what do you kind of feel like are encouraging things in a game like this where um, you don't get the win, but what does Highland Park kind of see in a matchup like this that maybe has them encouraged uh, heading into the, you know, the rest of the season, especially into uh, uh, CSL play? Yeah, I, I, you're not going to see it really in the numbers. I think you had to be there, although it was a
1: fine rushing game. I think they probably averaged more than four yards a carry, but really that rushing game was good. It was solid. The week before when they beat up Hubbard, I thought their rushing game, it just kind of looked sloppy. And yeah, they'd gained yards here and there, but it didn't look cohesive. This time you had Nico Rosenblum just finishing off runs, gaining three, four, five yards each carry. Um, and then um, they had Ezra, uh, as we're coming in number 42 and now Blake has his last name, of course, he had some huge runs as well. Just big kind of bruising runs that really, you know, you're losing this football game and uh, you're, you're putting together these runs. It's, it's inspirational. It's, it's great to see them finish runs like that. I thought that was something they can really build off of as they, as they, you know, won. they're playing Hershey this week. So we'll talk about that later, but once they get into the conference schedule and start, you know, really playing their rivals and, and their, their local local teams in their league um, they're going to want to run the ball a lot and I think they they really showed that they can do that so that's one big one the big takeaway and just the presence of Nick Bloomer as a playmaker he had two more picks in this one he's an outstanding receiver he's got great hands Uh, he's going to be something special for them all year for the next two years
0: yeah definitely uh, encouraging to see what they're able to do um, moving forward and we'll preview that week for a matchup here in the fourth quarter. But um, let's finish things off here in the first quarter by uh, talking about a 31 to four or 34 to 14 loss for Nutriere and 0 three start for the Trevians after a, a loss to a Palatine team that um, many have around the state ranked in the top 25, a really good uh, Palatine team that um, it just seems that uh, for Nutriere Joe, it's just trying to figure things out and trying to, you know, see what works, see what doesn't, and see how you can kind of put that together with a lot of inexperienced players this year.
1: Yeah, um, we talked about we actually, you know, the, I think the score was 34-14. We thought that um Palatine could get into a running clock situation. They're that good. And Neutrier's in a rebuilding year, um, you know, putting it kindly here. So um to see it 34-14, couple big scores for Neutrier, including a drive with with a six-yard run by um, Patrick Hennigan and then a I guess 80 yard play to miles Crum and Scully. Uh, I mean, he might be the best receiver I've seen so far this year. He's, he's really legit um, and fun to watch play. I hope everyone gets the seam or at least watches his, his huddle clips or something. Cause this guy's awesome. Um, but yeah, um, so, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, what they expected to do. Now you're at the point where you're just trying to develop the parts of your game that might get you victories down the road or inspire confidence. And uh, I think they did that in spurts, knowing that, you know, a loss was was going to come against a really powerful team like Palatine. So how do you gear up for a game when, when you're kind of staring at a loss? And how do you perform? And um, how do you take the field and come off the field fight to the end? And I think they were able to do that. So, again, some more things they can take away, especially coming in, Going into a winn- winnable game in week four and friend. Um, I thought they put together nice pieces, but they are young, they are experienced. And as we've learned through three weeks, we're 0 3 here. It isn't something that's going to be fixed in a week or two.
0: No. And it, it, mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, you kind of look for the little cracks and um, see what works well in that sort of stuff. And um, the offense was able to get it go, going late here in, the, in this matchup, um, a couple of touchdowns from. Um, New Trier's quarterback but um, Joe offensively it just seems like I mean I'm sure maybe the first teamers weren't really out there for pallet time toward the end of the game but um, offensively it still seems like you have some targets and it's just pretty much you know getting on the same page and making sure that you can make plays when you really need them especially in critical moments in the first half especially.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really a whole, from what I've seen, and I wasn't there this last um, Friday, but it's a whole offense thing. It is, you know, one through 11 working together to make this happen. And the blocking's not there. Um, the protection for Hennigan, who can throw it. And I've seen him underthrow. I've seen him overthrow. So he's working that out um, as a sophomore quarterback starting on a varsity team against some good, good programs here. He's still figuring it out, but he's got to have some time to get that offense is going and we got to put them in the best spots to succeed. So um, they really got to work one through 11 together to make this happen. Um, and uh, I, you know, if you read Marty's story from Friday night, it's getting there, um, but it is a process. Um, and I guess you got to trust this process.
0: Defensively. I mean, just what, what is kind of the main linchpin for the reason why this team is just not able to stop anybody. I mean, I know um, they played, a good team in Palatine this week. but I mean, just with what we saw in the first week um, and then what we saw against Stevenson last week, I mean, it just seems like the defense is not really able to stop um, chunk plays, which kind of happens in an an inexperienced defense like that where you see those big chunk plays that kind of destroys uh, a defense's mojo. Yeah, and it does seem that, you know, in
1: spurts, this defense does stop teams. You know, in week one against Hersey, it was three to zero at halftime. Um, and then again, Stevenson in spurts, again, they'd stop the run, they'd stop the run, then give up an 80-yard pass and, you know, kind of similar thing here, even though Palatine's better or at least equal with Hersey and, and a better team than Stevenson, but, um, they were just able to make those plays when they needed to. So, you know, new Trier's really got to put it together for a, a prolonged stretch. And that's tough with young people because with young guys and first, first year playing um, varsity football for some of these guys in just doing that every single down and sticking your assignments and, and, you know, learn, you know, uh, just knowing exactly what to do every single time the ball is snapped, it seems like they just don't have that down yet. They're just not there yet um, as a cohesive unit. And I think once they do get there, they've got some pieces on the defensive line that can do some things. Um, I think their linebackers are a little on the smaller side and their secondary is really inexperienced kind of, and they're just not working in the best way or I guess the most efficient way together yet.
0: We'll talk more about Nutria and just what the future kind of holds for what uh um, they want to accomplish for the rest of the season here, especially thinking into a big game at week four. But um, why don't we switch things up now? And we're going to jump to the second quarter. And we are going to hear from Loyola Academy girls volleyball coach, Manly Pellender. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with her after a big Loyola win over Nutria last week. What are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, we cover other things. Other than football, um, you know, uh,
1: fall sports. There's a lot going on. We were able to get to a good rivalry match between Nutria and Loyola. Last year, uh, Nutriar beat him kind of like an upset fashion uh, at home in Winneka. This year, back in Wilmette and Loyola, um, Loyola took them down in three. Um, Fun match. Um, It was tied at 20 in the third set, um, and uh, Loyola had the late burst um, to win the the match. So talk to Coach Mallory um, just about um, her kind of twin towers up front, um, Ava Bogan and um, Catherine Burke, both. Um, six three plus um, in the middle that really kind of sparked the team on both ends of the floor and what they can do
0: this year. All right let's take a listen.
1: Great win. Intense one. Um, They came back on you and got some momentum. How'd you guys turn it around? Uh,
2: I really just think that we did a really good job blocking. I think that was was kind of the most important thing for us to do is get their hitters frustrated and so they got and we also tried to get them out of system as much as possible. Um, So we told our girls to go to Zone 1 to take out their setter. So they got our assistant and again, get them frustrated.
1: And they're kind of known, or at least, you know, the coach was telling me, they like to serve hard, which could make it difficult to get to your middles. But you guys' defense seemed to be a big key today.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think we played pretty well defensively. I think we also got a decent amount of touches on the block. Um, and that's a lot of our defense to pick up even more balls from there. What about um, service? receive, sorry? I think our service receive was great in set one and the beginning of set two. And then we started struggling quite a bit in set, the end of set two and then into set three. Um, so I definitely think the girls, were. it was just like the nerves. It seemed like every ball was up at their chest and they were not attacking the ball. Balls were falling short on us. So um, half of the match we had good serve receive.
1: It's... It's kind of a rarity to have. I think they're b- are both your middle 6'4", six, 6'5". Six,
2: yeah, I mean, that's what we say in the roster. But I would say they're more actually like, they're all both above 6'1", for sure. Okay. 6'2", But, <laughs> six, two, six, three but that's still, but yeah. you know,
1: that's nice to have an experience to. they're both committed to, D1. Yep. Right. Um, so what, what do they give you? Just talk about what they do for this team and what they're going to do.
2: Yeah, they definitely give us a lot. I would say a lot of, especially high school teams, don't run their middle as much as we do. Um, usually it's going to be a pin having it at the high school level. Right. So I think it just allows us to... A give our pins a break for a little bit um, and then when we are running the middle constantly and then all of a sudden run our pin then that gives our pin an opportunity because the blocker's probably committing mm-hmm. to them. Um, so it's a huge thing for us. I, what I would like us to continue to do though is move our middles around more because right now we're really just trying to get them comfortable with ones and eventually we're hoping as the season goes on we can continue to move them around and make them even more successful. Okay. They started shutting us down a little bit in the, at, towards the end of the game because they knew what we were doing. Right. So.
1: Um, and I didn't Who's your setter? Gabby Charlier. Is she? What year is she? She's a senior. Okay. So she's she's been with um, for a while. So she kind of knows. She
2: was with us last season. We had three setters on the team last season. Um, She had a little bit of an injury last season too. Okay. So she got some time for sure
1: last year. Mm -hmm. So what's, um, I think you're about 15 games in the season or so. and, Mm -hmm. And what's the goals of this team? What do you guys want to accomplish?
2: Um, I think our biggest thing is just we have a lot of home matches so one of our big goals is to defend our house and make sure that we're always playing undefeated at home. Um, One huge thing for us is going to be win conference because I mean I think we haven't won conference since the 80s Um, so we really want to take down Mother Macaulay they're going to be super big as usual this year Um, and then also just compete at playoffs. I think the last two matches in a row have been like playoff-like energy and so we're hoping that this gives us good experience once October end of October hits
1: what was the previous one was it GBS yeah last it was GBS okay
2: 25 23 23 25 26 24 yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> that's fun though uh yeah. might be not while you're in it but yeah right um yeah the, just can you comment on the intensity of tonight it seems it's fun you're oh, loyal it's not in conference but they had a lot of people here you guys did yeah. is that a fun atmosphere
2: oh my gosh so much fun I love the big crowd because we don't get like that many people in a crowd, and it was—I mean, yeah, was I think Nutri really actually brought more fans than we did, or at least they were louder than we were. So, um, again, like I said, I think that's best for playoff oh, experience because yeah. that's what the crowd's going to feel like in the playoffs, right? And so it's not the first time they experience that is when the playoffs happen. So it's really fun. It's always good to be Nutri. <laughs> <coughs> always.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much, Coach Salander, for joining us, and thank you as always to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. All right, let's jump on over now and go to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of Way or No Way. Joe and I argue or agree upon whether uh, five things I say are true, way or not true, no way. Let's stick with girls volleyball to start things off here in the third quarter with Way or No Way. Uh, Way or No Way, Joe, after Loyola's win over Nutria in girls volleyball, you have more confidence in the Ramblers.
1: Yeah, it was great to see them, and I do. Um, I, I knew they kind of, you know, New is still figuring it out. They've had a lot of lineup changes, um, so I think, you know, at this point in the season, Loyola is um, ahead of them and um, where they should be. So um, I had a feeling, and it was great to see when New Trier fought back and got that momentum. It was great to see Loyola stop it in crunch time and pick up the victory. So I do have more confidence. It was great to see that their middles are going to be great. They're both going D one, so with those as your centerpieces quite literally um you you have more time to help those outside develop in your pin hitters so um great to see um and I, i'll say way i do have more confidence.
0: yeah i think i i definitely agree with you there and i think i'd go the way i think uh um this team has shown early on that it's really able to you know do a lot of different things well they were able to do it, battle through adversity Um, against Nutria, like you mentioned earlier, and the talent that they have on this team is really impressive. So, um, yeah, I think uh, uh, they've shown already through different things that they are going to be successful and can do good things. But um, I think a win like this against a rival when you have to face some adversity really tells a lot about a team. And um, I think definitely way you definitely see the Ramblers um, having a lot more confidence just being in what they're able to do since they've been able to do it so far. Um New field Hockey we talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago Joe went down to St. Louis and had um, a good start then they took down Lake Forest last week way or no way that New field Hockey is a state favorite way you know they won it last year um
1: I just think they're in a great position to do it again got a lot of returners um girls that are going to play at the next level um Izzy Izzy uh Izzy Morgan and honor Roberts um just, they're just dynamic. Um, it's, it's a very fun offense, high, high flying, if you will, if you can do that for field hockey. And uh, so, yeah, I think they will, they beat Lake Forest four to zero and that's, uh, that's pretty rare against a strong Lake Forest program. So I'll say way.
0: Yeah, I think I'd definitely go away with you there as well. I mean, I think this team has just shown that it's really able to um, compete against the best with what it was able to do in St. Louis at the tournaments. And then um, obviously what they're able to do, um, against a really good uh, team in Lake Forest last year, who they're always usually battling for, you know, either semifinals or finals appearances. So, um, yeah, definitely way I would think that this team can, uh, um, is definitely the state favorite. Um, way or no way, Joe, last week we talked about Nuture boys soccer and kind of mentioned the Niles North um, tie that they had after some impressive wins. Way or no way that that um, tie against uh, Niles North will be hurtful for the Trivians later on in the year.
1: Um, I'll say no way. I, I believe in this, this program, um, this year, I think they just have, uh, maybe to put some, some things together on uh, the defensive end of it. Um, but I think they're going to be able to score and you're not going to be able to contain certain guys for long in any match in an 80 minute stretch, you know, you're not gonna be able to contain Evan Canelos and, uh, you know, Matthew Perchick for long. So, um, for that long. So those guys are going to carry that. I just think they need to kind of figure things out in the mid and back end. And I think they will. And I think they'll be ready for the postseason. So if anything, maybe it, maybe it helps them go forward.
0: I, I'm really tempted to go away here just with the mindset of, I think obviously this was a good thing that helps this team later on, maybe regroups them or whatever. But when it comes to seeding, I don't know if it, if, a, if a tie to Niles North hurts them or anything like that. So that might have a potential for having big um, implications later on, especially if it's like battling with an Evanston and they're both tied in conference and all that kind of stuff. So I think I'm going to go with the way here just because of what it could potentially do for seeding and that kind of stuff. I think that this new cheer team will regroup and. Um, do pretty well um, moving forward. I don't think that this is the end of the season because they tied with Niles North. But I do think that it could definitely have some t- uh, implications as uh, we move forward here. Just really interesting to see how this tie plays a role moving forward into seeding and the playoffs. Um, North Shore Country Day is off to a hot start, 9-0-1 so far in boys soccer. Way or no way, Joe, that this team can contend for a 1A title. Ooh, all the way there huh um I'm not there yet
1: um so I don't want to cop out until yet to be seen so I guess I'll, I'll go no way I think they're just off to a great start I think it's a really good team we'll see how they they make it through all the league play um and where they end up but right now I mean they're that's a very good team in are and they're scoring goals um and when I say that I mean at, at a good clip of course they're scoring goals but they're they're scoring them at a, at a nice pace uh, and they're taking victories. And I just think uh, it's going to be a great team. I don't know if they're ready to contend for a title. A lot of, lot of teams down there in in 1A uh, our quality and, and our set up to do that again. Uh, our perennial powers, I should say. So I'll say no
0: way right now. Right now, I think I'm going to go with a way just based on what they, they've been able to do. They've won 13-0, to 7-0, 3-1, 5-2, and 6-1. and one and nothing, two to one. They've shown they've been able to win in different ways. Um, and they tied against Niles and Notre Dame, nothing to nothing. Obviously a much bigger school um, that is five, four, and one currently right now. So I think that there's potential. Yeah, I think that they can contend for a state title 1A um, just based on what they've been, they've been able to do so far. I think obviously there's still a little bit of ways to go before we can crown them or anything like that. But um, from what we've seen so far, I definitely think that they have the potential to uh, do that. All right, way, final way or no way, Joe, we have Nutria uh, Girls Tennis, obviously always a strong uh, team for the Nutria area. Way or no way that this Nutria Girls Tennis team will lose a duel this season. I got to look at their schedule. I do, I do think, you know, we got the
1: Hinsdales and the, and the Stevensons of the world who are always up there and are going to be right up there. Um, but Nutria is too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So I will say, um, no way they lose a duel, and this has a lot to do with, um, of course, the the depth of the Nutrior program as well. You know, they could win a duel against Stevenson, um, three to two or four to three, but still come behind them in the uh, in the state finals or uh, the state championships. So um, that'll depend, but I do think that uh, they have that depth that we always talk about for Nutrior. Um, that uh, that gets them those dual wins over and over. So I'll say wait.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think that that's even is matchups probably the closest they come to a loss. If that's, if that's even going to happen. So I'm going to go with no way. I think they uh, definitely will win um, with what they have all the way through. Um, I don't think they'll lose a dual this, uh, this regular season. I think this team is just too talented. So um, no way this team will, de- will not lose a dual match uh, for the rest of the regular season. All right, we're going to go now to the fourth quarter preview, week four of the football season. We've got some good matchups heading into the weekend. Um, but just kind of looking at things right now before we kind of look into week th- week four. Um, we're a third of the way through the regular season. Loyola three uh, and zero, Nutrier zero and three, and Highland Park two and one. Joe, just kind of where do you see things for each team so far? um early on with what we've kind of seen um from Loyola from Nutria and from Highland Park
1: um I'd say just you know Nutrier is the biggest surprise here um I think Loyola we I was super high on them I think we talked about that I think I said eight and one thinking they'd lose because I didn't know much about it. either St. or um or Carmel at the end of the season and um you know that might have been underselling them because they really are that good that defense is unbelievable and their offense is near unstoppable at least right now we'll see when they play maybe some tougher defenses down the road but it's very fluid uh and hard to stop so um loyal is special i think highland park got the two wins it needed in the chase to five as we've talked about the five victories to make the playoffs or to qualify and uh you know, they're going to take the lump against bigger schools. Um, Hersey's up this week, uh, you know, really, the, you know, no offense to the Giants, but that's, they don't stand much of a chance. Hersey's a very good, they're a state contender. So um, they're, they're, I think, in a good spot where we hope they'd be. It's just that new Trier's underwhelming so far. We just didn't know where that junior class could take them. And we learned that uh, that they got room to grow on the on both ends of the football in terms of inexperience, it's really hurt them. All
0: right, let's preview week four right now. Let's start things off with, uh, let's do Nutrier and Friend to start things off here, Joe. Um, but this feels like a must-win game. I don't know, but it just it, it just feels like both teams are 0-3 right now. Uh, Friend um, also in the same boat as Nutrier. Um, Nutrier has obviously the CLS CSL South, um, to uh, look forward to. So that'll be tough competition as well. So, I mean, Joe, does this kind of feel like maybe Niles, maybe Niles West feels like probably their best chance to win a football game. But um, with what they have coming up here, I mean, friend lost 42 to 14 against Glenbrook South, 45 to 14 against Hersey, 21 to seven against Lake Zurich. So they've lost to good teams, but does this feel like neutral is probably great best opportunity to pick up a win here? It does.
1: It does to me. Um, I think this win's staring them in the face, and they know it. Um, and we got a lot of competitive kids on this team. This isn't a team that's used to losing. Um, you know, they've seen teams come before them two years ago that went, you know, in that, that spring season that went 5-1 and one and was really good. And then last year they were a playoff team, so this team's used to winning. Um, so, you know, losing three in a row and basically having very little hope, small hope, a glimmer um of a playoff appearance they're they want to get them anywhere they can and here's one right here so here's one on can we step up um with one staring us in the face here um i'm sure this week of practice even though it's a short week because they play on thursday evening um is is a grueling one i'm really setting them up um for this matchup but i i, I think it's on the table and i do think they can take it
0: all right, Highland Park will host Hersey on Friday. Just a quick reminder, folks, that that game against Nutrier between uh, Nutrier and Fremd will be at Nutria on Thursday. Um, Highland Park playing Hersey on Friday. Hersey has dominated so far this season. We um, obviously saw what they are able to do earlier in the year against um, Nutrier with a 31 to nothing win, 45 45- to uh, 14 win over friend and then Deerfield has won 42 to nothing um, Hershey really flexing its muscles so far and what do you think about Highland Park's chances of being able to uh, compete against a very very tough Huskies team yeah I don't know if there's much of one um,
1: love the Giants love what coach cop is doing in his first year and uh, these guys are playing tough especially in a loss to Buffalo Grove last week I was really uh, impressed with the effort um, it's just it's it's Steep, steep, steep climb. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You just got to find ways to, um, to f- feel good about your performance out there. You got to put out the effort. Um, you want to take care of the football, get those gains that might surprise you. Um, Cause this is a, this is a defense in Hersey. They gave up zero to N-Trier and 0 in their last game as well. I think the Deerfield. So they put up two shutouts against teams that perennially can score the football. So um, can, can, Deer, or can Highland Park move the ball a little bit, maybe give themselves a chance to, to score the football, that'd be awesome um, for them. I think that would be a big, a big deal. Can you even turn them over maybe once or twice? Um, they've been able to turn, turn teams over so far in the early going of the season. I wonder if they can do it again against a very good Hersey team um, and build off that running game. You know, Like I said, four or five yards um, here and there, is a big deal against the Hershey team. It really is. Um, you should be proud of that effort against a big, deep Hersey team. So um, get them where you can to, on Friday night.
0: Yeah, I think that'll be the biggest thing just to see how this Giants team is able to compete, especially against a, um, a really potent offense, just which is really able to put up points. So I think that'll be really interesting to see what they can do, how much they can really limit the damage here, and um, what this team is really made up of. Because after this, um, Highland Park uh, will uh, jump into the CSL North with Niles North and Deerfield to start things off in a couple weeks. All right, Loyola will host Brother Rice on uh, Saturday at uh, Wilmette. Um, new Brother Rice head coach Casey Kledenfeld will make his first trip up to Wilmette. Um, Brother Rice entering this game two to one, two and one. Um, it's lone loss to Saint Rita earlier um in this season um joe it doesn't seem like it's the same brother rice team as we've seen in the past definitely not the same team that we saw um last year which was led by jack lausch but um will be really interesting to see how loyal is just able to kind of you know keep on going especially in the big uh, first ccl blue matchup uh, as we're uh, heading into division play here yeah on paper
1: this is the ramblers game um you know, probably by a significant margin, but, you know, they don't play them on paper and this is a conference matchup. So we got to make sure to get in the win column here. Um, And uh, they'll probably, what they've done so far, we've seen that's been so impressive is they get their, they get their, their points early and they get them often. Um, I think 27 points in the first quarter last week or so um, against, uh, against brother rice, maybe it was 21, but what against St. Rita, I'm sorry whatever it was. So um, I think that's what Loyal is, you know, probably going to try to do again. Let's just pedal to the metal um, in the first quarter, right off the opening kick, take care of the football and just, you know, get this game out of reach um, as soon as you can. And I think they'll be able to do it against brother rice, especially on a home Saturday in Wilmette. will met. And uh, yeah, I, I don't see too much complications, but it is a conference game. So you just got to be focused and, and get that victory
0: early. I think it'll be really fun. Last week, we talked about Pat Farrell and the going against the Loyola offensive line. Trey Pierce for Brother Rice, defensive lineman going to Wisconsin, um, should post another really good test for that Loyola offensive line. But um, I really think where it's going to be, um, I think the offense will be able to do what, it, what it's wanted to do um, in the past three games. But I think this is definitely a game where the Loyola defense can really shine, especially against an inexperienced offense, inexperienced uh, uh, quarterback combination where um, you're getting guys who haven't really gotten too many snaps so far um, for uh, a few of the quarterbacks uh, for Brother Rice. And um, I think this will be a really big game where I'm excited to see what the defense is really able to do. Maybe feast, get, get a couple of turnovers, maybe turn those turnovers into points um, themselves instead of giving the, it to the offense. And um, I think that should be really interesting. Just seeing how, wh- how big of a difference Loyola can really go from brother Rice. where um, I think pretty much, I mean, you've seen what they've been able to do so far. And um, I think if the defense is really able to shine early on here and, really put a stomping I would not be surprised if we see reserves entering the third or fourth quarter just based on how these teams are with Loyola being very experienced and Brother Rice's players still you know getting used to the varsity game and getting a lot of experience there yeah
1: yeah um that front seven is going to get after that you know um you know like, like you mentioned the inexperienced offense and play callers there um at Brother Rice I mean it's it's what they can do is impressive, especially if the two guys try to take on Brooks Bar. You got um, other guys running free all over the place. Not, I wouldn't say free, but um, able to get one-on-one situations and get pressure on the quarterback. So um, it's that good, and uh, they can expect a lot of pressure in front of their home in front of Loyola's home
0: crowd. Um, so um, yeah, it should be fun for the Ramblers. We should, we'll get into weekly predictions here moving forward, but just looking at the rest of Loyola's schedule and what we know about the team, Loyola obviously has Brother Rice on Saturday, Fenwick next Saturday, Marist following week, Providence, St. Patrick, and then that big matchup against Mount Carmel to finish the season. Is it pretty much the CCL Blue that kind of has you interested for the rest of the season, Joe? Fenwick obviously down here with a lot of inexperienced players. Providence having some experience in St. Patrick, but um, I don't know if they can compete at Loyola's level, but I feel like that Maris game and then that Mount Carmel game against Loyola, those are pretty much the two games, not to get ahead of ourselves because we can, we don't have to be the players where we have to focus on week to week or anything like that. But those CCL blue matchups against Maris and Mount Carmel seem like the ones that will probably give Loyola the most challenges the rest of the way here.
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah. Like you said, like we can look at just, you know, the players shouldn't, but, uh, <laughs> and I, I think Marist has a few weeks to prepare for that, to, to grow through their schedule. I think they play Mount Carmel this week. So, um, right. that'll be, that's a big game for them. I mean, I expect Carmel to win, but what do they learn there that they can take with it and maybe bring to, you know, the Loyola game in a couple weeks. Um, but those are the ones, you know, Providence Fenwick aren't at the level, um, that we talked about the loyal is right now. So, um, Marist and, and Marist, even brother rice. Like I, I, I like this game. I like the Marist game and the Mount Carmel. So yeah, the CCL blue excite me. Maybe it's the rivalry part of it because they're in the same league, but those are the games to look out for. All
0: right, let's get your week for predictions here. Joe, what do you foresee happening between Nutrier and friend?
1: Oh, man, I, I just think they're just going to come out. New, the Trevians are going to come out so motivated. I think they're going to put a couple things together. I mean, walking off the field with a couple touchdowns and some confidence, uh, maybe that helps them um, here. Maybe they can roll that over uh, Thursday night at home. You know, they got some things working in their favor here. So I'll say they get off the Schneid and uh, pick up their first win by a score
0: of 24 to 17. Interesting. I'm conflicted here. I don't know whether to go with the offense or the defensive route where both offenses have shown that they've struggled to score points, but both defenses have also struggled to score to stop points. So uh, <laughs> I think I'll go with, uh, I think it'll be interesting. It's a short week for both teams. So short rest, having to play on Thursday, I think it'll probably be a, like a 12 to seven game. The Nutriar wins. Um, maybe a last minute field goal or something like that. But I just think that this game is just not going to be pretty by any means or anything like that, especially with the short week, a lot of tired guys, tired legs and that kind of stuff. So I think that it's going to be a low scoring game um, that new is able to uh, hold on and get that first win of the season. All right. Highland park host Hersey on Friday, Joe, what do you foresee happening there? Um, yeah, probably Hersey
1: taking care of business. Um, I, I think Highland Park's going to get on the board though. Um, and that'll give them a lot of confidence. I think something's going to happen there, whether it's a turnover or, you know, they got some weapons there that they can just, you know, get, find something, find a touchdown. So let's say it's something like, uh, yeah, I'll say 35 to six.
0: Yeah. I expect Hersey to do kind of what it's been doing so far this season. And that's when big, um, I think Hersey will, Likely win 42 to 10, maybe. I think they, Highland Park can maybe tack on a touchdown at the end of the game. Um, but I think that Hersey's just going to control this game from the get go and um, really just hold on to it and win um, with a big score of 42 to 7. Um, so I have the Giants dropping to 2 to 2. Um, Loyola hosts Brother Rice on Saturday at Loyola's campus. Uh, Joe, what do you foresee happening between these CCL Blue rivals?
1: More of the same here for the Ramblers, uh, getting the home victory, starting the conference slate off right, and a four zero start as well. Um, and I will say, we're looking at another um, another domin- dominated dominant showing. Um, what do I feel on this one? Let's say uh, I was the same thing. Uh, how
0: about forty one to ten? Yeah, I think uh, Loyola's experience against Brother Rice's inexperience would just show. I think that these are just two different sets of players where Loyola has been through a lot over the past year. I know a lot of new defensive players. I know, obviously, there are a lot of inexperience there. But even last year, they got a lot of experience where a lot of these guys for Brother Rice are just new to the school or just new to positions as well. So I think that Loyola will just be able to hold on to this um, matchup fairly easily. I have the Ramblers winning. Um, Let's go... 38 to 17. I think brother rice will figure things out against the reserves later on, but I do think Loyola will hold on to the matchup pretty easily um, to move on to four and Oh, we can do a bonus feature here too. Joe, what do you see happening between Mount Carmel and Marist? It's hard to bet against Mount Carmel
1: right now. What they're doing to teams is similar to what Loyola is doing. It's it's really kind of mirroring each other. Uh, If not Loyola might, I mean, uh, Mount Carmel might even be more down. So, um, did I see something too? Their quarterback has missed like three passes all year. Something crazy. Um, <laughs> but so, so I think they're going to take care of business. But Maris is a good team. This isn't going to be a complete, you know, running clock situation. I don't see, but I do see something like, uh, again, in the 30s to to maybe, did I see Maris scoring twice? Yeah, let's say 14
0: and uh, yeah, 35 14. I'm excited for this matchup because I feel like this, I mean, I'll be at this game on Friday um, and I'm excited to see what happens between these two teams just based on how good is Mount Carmel and how good is Maris. Maris has shown, I mean, Maris beat um, uh, Nazareth last week, 31 to three, barely lost against Glen Bar to West by two points coming back um, in the opening week of the season and then took care of business in week two. Um, I think this matchup is really big and obviously plays a huge role in what happens here in the CCL blue mm-hmm. um, with Marist Stever playing spoiler with Mount Carmel or Loyola. that week nine matchup between the two teams might not matter as much as uh, we might be thinking, but um, it definitely should be a really fun game. So definitely excited to see what happens in that one as well. But that's everything we got for this week's episode of the varsity podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Just Wait, to- did you give <laughs> us a prediction? I, I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know. I think I'll give you like, a, I think it'll be close. I think it's going to be a 21 to 18 game, something like that. I oh, think good. it's going to be a 3 right. game. I don't think, I think this is going to be Mount Carmel's first test of the season, which will be really interesting to see. Um, I think Mount Carmel will win, but I, think Mar- I don't think Maris is just going to roll over by any means. And I think they've got the defense and the offense to kind of show it. So I think that should make for a fun matchup as well. Um, well, yeah, like I said, just make sure you subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Let us know, subscribe, listen to older episodes as well. We always appreciate it. Check out my stuff at the Friday Night Drive. Check out all our stuff there. We've got good content for football across the state. And as always, follow Joe's content at the record for everything that you need to know about the North Shore area, not just sports, but everything else that is going on around there. So, Join, I thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya!
1: Thank you for listening to the varsity a product of the record, Northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.